You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Oh, yes, mate. I stayed up, see, we are stayed up. Oh, ah! Unbelievable, mate. How the hell have we pulled Premier League survival from the jaws of desperation? How, how's it happened? Uh, I've got no idea, mate. To think that we were here a week ago talking about, oh, that's it, we're, we're done. Man United battered us. We need seven or eight points. We're never going to do it. <laughs> we survived by the skin of our teeth. <laughs> One point. It, oh, I'll tell you what, it was never going to be easy, was it? it was what an Aston Villa way to do it. What a uh, so very, very Aston Villa way to do it, you know. Just keep I think talking. I'm going to tweet this out. Let's get people in. What are people saying? Absolute scenes. No, it's fine. I was just going to say, um, when Jack really scored to put us in front, I'd finally kind of been brave enough to prepare something to tweet, <laughs> thinking we were going to stay up. And I was composing that tweet. As I did that, ball loops over um, Pepe Reina. Off whose boots should it deflect? <laughs> just couldn't make it up, could Jack? It's just, oh, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. And, you know, we've, we've kicked him along the way and we've moaned about the recruitment and we've moaned about Jack, um, Dean Smith's tactics and we've moaned yeah. about, you know, whether the players have had the character or the quality. And regardless of what's happened this afternoon and what will happen this evening and the celebrations that will follow or the big side relief that will follow, there still will be an inquest because we expected Villa to do better. But by hook or by crook, they managed to get us over the line. You know, yeah. what, four games unbeaten, two wins and... And two draw two draws from the from the last four. Our best it's, form of the season, I think. Well, bring it on. You know, let's let's like I said, let's kick off tomorrow. Let's um actually no, let's let's make a few, let's recruit a few more <laughs> a few better players and kick off tomorrow. Oh, damn. So, nice uh, sorry, it's nice to see Jack score as well, out of all the people to do it. It's a great goal. I mean, Keith probably could have done better, but it just had to be him, didn't it? Whatever happens, I think there's a obviously. I think uh, the Jack Grealish saga will drag on for a few more weeks or these days. Whether he goes, kind of irrelevant at, at this point, and not one for us to discuss minutes after we've just <laughs> stayed in the Premier League. But nice to see him run off and celebrate, and, and the, the, the pictures that will come off the back of it. Just elation. It's nice to see, isn't it? Yeah, magnificent. And um, I've just had a, a cheeky WhatsApp from one of our from our scouting writer called um, David Hughes. He was a scout, yeah. somebody's a lovely fella. He did a piece, a, a tactics piece at the ahead of the weekend, and he pulled that exactly. That, that's where West Ham are vulnerable if Jack really can cut in from from that side. And he just thought, so he just texted me, got a claiming credit for it. To be honest, um, <laughs> he can take it. I don't, I said before, I don't care it. how it happened. I don't care who scores, what permutations it needs to be. The fact that Watford were three 0 down after fifteen minutes or so was a nice little comfort blanket, and then Bournemouth and Everton just <laughs> kept even it going that, the even. Even Watford, kind of, even Arsenal racing into the lead. We couldn't just, they couldn't, the, the fates couldn't just give us that, could they? They've got to get Arsenal clawing it back. Oh, Jesus. I feel it's like I've just played 90 minutes, let alone anything else. My heart rate, oh, it's just through the roof. Oh, I, I lost my, um, I lost the coverage on my telly after about 60 minutes and I was like stomping around, going, wondering what the hell was going on, following it by Twitter. Um, <laughs> then realised I could watch it on my laptop. So that, that bought um, a little bit of, um, little bit of normality but yeah I mean it was um again I suppose it was a pretty well executed game plan wasn't it up until the deflection yeah. over over Rainer because Villa were patient you know I'd love to have known what what Smith said at half time because it was still kind of so much in the balance then and it's always a difficult mentality when you tell people a draw will be enough yeah. um 
But yeah, these, these just all... always, we've always we've not been great. Have we playing with our you know playing behind the ball? We've always looked better when we've gone and t- tried to take it to teams in some way. So I, I did feel that trying to hold on for the points, knowing that a fluky goal like West Ham scored could have been enough to send you down. I would have liked, you know, in an ideal world, it would have been nice to attack that game and be 2-0, 3-0 up and be comfortable. But, you know, in the end, it hasn't mattered, has it? We, we've we've come through. <laughs> I'm still a bit of Like I said, I feel a bit like in, in shock. I feel like I can't talk. Yeah, it's still a bit of shell shock. And like I say, it would have been so Villa to concede that, that deflected goal and not have the one up the other end. So at least, uh, <laughs> you know, at least that wasn't the, the, the kick in the balls that, that we all feared. Um, I thought it was, um, I thought it was, like I say, a very controlled performance, which when it's difficult to know when there's so many external influences and you've got to try and keep a measured performance. I thought I played it really well. I thought I thought we got, got so lucky with that one from... Uh, Antonio, when he's he screwed that past the post, you know, yeah. big big long ball forward, he's dissected our defence. You thought, oh, hello, hello, Aston Villa's defence from pre-lockdown. <laughs> there you are again. Um, but yeah, I thought look look quite in control. You know, Declan kind of restricted those. That's my son creeping creeping across. <laughs> How dare you try and get in your own room? <laughs> he's celebrating by going straight back on his PlayStation. He won't uh, won't surprise you to know. Um, don't lock, don't shut the door properly because the handle's broke. <laughs> Welcome to Facebook Live, everybody. Um, seeing as we're seeing as we're having a bit of a downtime, can you just kind of swizzle yourself so you're facing the window more because you're very dark on your face? Can you get a bit more window light and make yourself face this way a little bit more? Is that yeah, all more like that? Yeah, now back, back the other way. Back the other way. Like that. There we go. Much like better. I can, can see your face now. Right. Um, Sorry about that. No, it's, um, it's the, the beauty of Facebook Live. There's a lot of comments coming in. Obviously, we always ask for questions and stuff, but it's a lot of people very happy. A big, a, a big sigh of relief across the Midlands and 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 from well, fans everywhere. A, a, a sizable chunk of the Midlands. I wouldn't say. Uh, I should say there's some pockets of the Midlands where we've Aston Villa have ruined people's days, weeks, summers, <laughs> Christmases, lives by staying up today. Um, and then we ruin our lives as well. So that again. Well, yeah, when makes a change for Aston Villa to ruin somebody else's lives. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I've got, I'm drinking, um, I've just snuck, I want to be on brand, but I've just snuck my pint, my, <laughs> my, uh, <laughs> my punk IPA in the top of there, just so it looks like I've been professional. I feel like I need a bigger champagne bottle coming in, spraying in everywhere. Yeah, and I think we're going to signed off on X's, mate, to be honest. Yeah, get some tea bags and get, do yourself a couple, we can sign that off. Oh, it's, so, just, it's just a nice, uh, to quote Jody Lescott, I can feel a weight off my shoulders <laughs> at last. I, I feel, I feel relieved, like I, I feel... Like that tension has gone now. Like I said, like we said pre uh, pre game, there's a couple of weeks now where we don't have the stress of a Villa game, and we won't have that period of a relegation battle for a few months at least. Even if we have a bad season next season, we've still got to wait to the back end of it before it gets nervous and tense again. We can kind of all relax now and enjoy the ride and hopefully build something with Villa. Now that's that's the plan. Well, yeah. Well, you know, in, in six weeks' time, we, we'll be level on points with Liverpool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a fresh start. We said we're going to get stuck into the inquest in greater depth over the next couple of days. It's not yeah. necessarily an inquest now, but it's a debrief of, of the, the good and yeah, bad. There's still questions you can ask and, and things you can look at, but it's not a what went wrong and how Villa found themselves back in the Championship. It's now how do we plan to not have this situation happen again? Yeah, I think it's still a what went wrong and how do Villa, how do Villa build on it. But I, I think the, the important thing is that they've got that, they've got that platform now. Got another kind of 150 million quid guaranteed coming in from the Premier League. 
Um, like we said pre-match, the players are a little bit more battle-weary. Um, yeah. You know, a bit, bit more streetwise and savvy about the Premier League, what the Premier League is all about. Um, you know, like you said, there'll be there'll be ample opportunities to distort, to to talk about whether that's the end of Jack Grealish, whether Jack Grealish is still going to kind of try and seek pastures new at the at a, the higher end of the Premier League table, shall we say? I'd like to think, and I hope I don't get a get a kind of rude awakening, but I'd like to think that that's the likes of Tyrone Mings and John McGinn, and fingers crossed, the kind of new and improved and revived Douglas Louise. I'd hope Premier League survival is those guys tied down anyway. Yeah. Um, I still think there's half a dozen improvements to be made around that squad. You know, Villa have got to use a chunk of that money to to get a recognised centre forward. Um, I'm just laugh, laughing at your Marley and me yeah. reference, yeah. Marley lives to fight another day. Yeah, the, the old dog. That's the, life <laughs> the, the old dog. Uh, I've used that point already once this, this uh, running, but let's just have a look. Seeing as we've done it on every Facebook Live that we've done so far, should we have a look at the the uh, Premier League table. Yeah, let's have a look. Let's have a look at that. Yeah. Oh. oh, that's brilliant. You know, there the good is. thing about that dotted line, you can actually get some scissors and cut that off now. <laughs> they can be actually, gone. That's a good point. We don't need to see them, do we? You can, can you wave your bottle. Look at that. The that's Premier better. League. The Premier that's League. Better. So we've got games with West Bromwich Albion to look forward to. Leeds United. Um, one of the other Premier League uh, Championship clubs that hasn't yet come up yet. So... Premier League looks nice, though, I think. Leeds and Albion are better additions than Watford and Bournemouth, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, it'd still look nice for an alphabetical order for me, if you ask, if you're asking yeah, me that. Let's but, get um... it reset. Let's get it back. Is it second? Do we go second now? Now we go I top, so. don't we? Well, AFC Bournemouth have gone. Back to the top of the league at the start of the season. Yes. Beyond Arsenal, mate. Our friend's Arsenal. You've got to, got to remember oh, that. Yeah. We we're only in second place. AFC oh, mean yeah. that we're at least challenging for the top two now. Oh, I thought Bournemouth were going to be the kind of party poopers again, having beaten us twice somehow this season. Um, I mean, that must be a gutting situation for them to win on the last day against the odds a little bit against Everton and still not be enough to stay up. But don't Yeah, there, there must be kind of 5,500, 6,000 Bournemouth fans or whatever they get each <laughs> week. They must be <laughs> crying into their cherry bee at the moment. So. Bit, bit of sass there from you. Um, yeah, you can give yeah, it big, yeah. can't you? Know you can give it big for a couple of months. We go before you that, kind of crawl we, back we, under our rock again. Yeah, we gave them six points. If it wasn't for that, we would have been safe weeks ago. So exactly, be grateful, Bournemouth. There's, there's a couple of comments coming in. I've, I've, they're coming in very fast. So I've scrolled past them, or it's scrolled past for me, saying, "Oh, you've you've stayed up." Here we go. Here's one. Goal line technology save Villa. Oh, boohoo! One one poor decision, as if it, that's the only thing. Who cares, man? These things happen in football, don't they? Yes, if that was the other way around, we'd be fuming. But we've been on the receiving ends of bad decisions. They are decisions against Palace, just to name one. The Arsenal game away. Any Villa fan will know that we've had our fair share of bad decisions, bad refereeing decisions, not just this season, but over the years as supporting the club. Things go our way for a change. It swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Sometimes things go your way. Sometimes they go against you. What's kept Villa up is that we've managed to be, get eight points from 12 in the last four. That's what's done. Yeah, it. Not, not Pete, a rogue point against Sheffield United. And Peter Man Rob, probably make better life choices than just coming on to. Why would you, if knocking Villa is your thing, come onto this particular platform at this particular moment? There's been pl- plenty of scope all season long where you can come in and kind of you know troll us with anti-Villa stuff. You're probably going to be. I mean, forgive me if I'm wrong. I've probably got to encourage loads of hate in the comments now. <laughs> but you're probably going to be in the minority if you start giving Villa stick now. Oh, at to the be time fair, when. He might be a bit of fan going, oh, we got lucky with Sheffield United. But yeah, fair enough. But 
like I said, these decisions go for and against you. We've we've managed to do our own business for once and actually get some points on the board by playing half decent football for four games. That's what's kept us up. Unbeaten in four. Although I don't know if this guy's got the memo. Have fun in the championship, and thanks for Grealish. I mean, if you're not a Villa fan, why are you here? <laughs> well, chronic maths debate has got to be a bot. It's <laughs> a great what name is... when you say it out loud. <laughs> what is the Chani- championship with a C? Is it some kind of like Jackie Jackie Chan kind of kung fu training school? Anyway, <laughs> not for me biting back at the yeah <laughs> the trolls. Uh, this is a good point. I, I don't know why we're going into this, but yeah, there's a lot of opposition fans in the comments for some reason. So enjoy it. I, I enjoy it while you're here. I guess thanks. Thanks for tuning in. Um, so yeah. Another season in the Premier League to look forward to, unexpectedly. Yeah, just um, it wasn't a negative. I don't think it wasn't. It wasn't too much of a negative um, outlook to be looking at that the league table after Man United and going, "Oh, Villa going down." It wasn't kind of doom and gloom to suggest that that was a very real possibility. Seven. Don't try and dig us out now. After we've, but after we lost the faith, no, 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 no. I'm saying, yeah, that's what I mean. I'm saying that wasn't an overreaction to lose the faith in. I think most people were resigned to the fact that we go down or staying up is the shock. That wasn't, you know, if you called Villa to be relegated a month ago, you were well within your rights to think that. Not even a month, a couple of weeks. So the fact that we've been able to pull it out is unbelievable. Do we think this now kind of puts to bed the, the Dean Smith out talk? You know, oh, he's the man, who's, so. the man who is, you know, and I'm sure he'd be the first to admit when he, he goes into his own debrief that these things he could have done better. But yeah. he's the man who has managed to deliver Premier League survival and that £150 million pot of cash and that pride that Aston Villa fans feel that the team is rightly still in the top flight. You know, I think... You know, we were saying what we were saying kind of previously. Phil had gone down. He's the perfect man for the championship. Is he now not the perfect man for the for the the Premier League? Mm. A battle hard and Dean Smith, who will learn and who will possibly have a greater say in recruitment yep. next time. Um, okay. I think uh, I think D- Dean Smith has delivered two big things for Villa now. When people say, "Oh, he's saying it's a Villa fan," but he's delivered promotion and he's delivered a, a season, albeit. <laughs> A roller coaster, uh, more no, more twist than spaghetti junction. Um, season of of um, what's the word? What's it? They went consolidation. Consolidation. Nice. again then, and a cup, cup final. Cup yeah. final. On paper, he's been promoted against the odds. He's kept us in the league against the odds. Certainly, at one point in the season, and got to a cup final against the odds. And that's with having a squad that we've. You know, a lot of us have said that isn't good enough. Really, we've got thirteen or fourteen decent players, two or three, you know, good Premier League quality players, and then after that, that you're struggling for depth. So, really, he's, as much as opposition fans will look at it and go, "Oh, you spent 140 million, yeah, you should be staying up." On average of eight or nine million, per, um, eight or nine million pound per player, isn't isn't a lot of money, is it? So, I would say that Dean Smith has done done a great job. To, to get us out of it, and yes, like you said, he's made some poor decisions along the way. There'll be there'll be things you could look at in game where we've made the wrong subs or whatever it is. But at the end of the day, he's the guy that's kept us in the Premier League. So yes, you might you might be able to make a case that he isn't cut out to be a Premier League manager in the long run to be uh, you know to get mid table or Europe or whatever it is as far as you want to go up. But in the here and now, he, Dean Smith with his his players 
and this season of, of learning what it takes to be a Premier League manager, I think it'd be a crazy decision to sack him now. I don't think it'll even, I don't think it's even on the agenda no. anyway. You know, if they wanted rid of Dean Smith, they'd have got rid of Dean Smith with six games to go when we're all, probably after that Wolves game, when we're all getting super edgy about things. And I think the story broke that they were going to give him till the end of the season and he was the man and stuff like that. So having shown him that faith and having had that faith repaid, it's now, I mean, the turnaround time is frightening really in terms of getting Villa back up and running and making Villa even more Premier League ready and even more Premier League competitive. We're talking six, we're talking about six weeks, I think. Yeah, Um, a lot of work to be done. There's so much, there's so much potential business to be done because it's this, it's the centre forward for me, and it's it's still the wide attacking areas, and I, I think um, you know obviously Trezeguet's stepped up in terms of goals in recent weeks. Um, I still think Villa need to be better than Ali Samata and Keenan Davis in centre forward areas. Yeah, will a will a fit will you know a fit and firing Wesley. Is he, is he Premier League class properly? We'll, you know, we'll certainly get more of a chance to see him, I think. Um, but in the wide areas, uh, I think Trezeguet and, and El Ghazi, um, I think I think both of them are, are decent options from the bench, but I'm not yeah. sure they should be starting in the Villa Premier League eleven. Um, you know, the left-back area, I've probably been harsh on, on Matt Target. I'm probably going doom and gloom when people just want to celebrate, but <laughs> I thought Matt Target at times... You know, considering he's one of the few who has got Premier League experience, probably want a little bit more. You know, yeah. And Neil Taylor's not the kind of not the man to challenge him for, for a bit more. So, you know, there's there's three or four positions off the bat, really. Goalkeeper. What happens with goalkeeper? We've we've got three or four on the books. What happens with that? Well, Tom Heath is your man, isn't he? I suppose, but you've got to get him fit. Forgot forgot about him. Um, <laughs> you, you've got to get him fit first. So, like I said before, before we we started, it was. 12 or 13 signings last summer. I think it's still going to be half a dozen. Um, it depends who you let go. Well, yeah. Because the obvious well, one is Jack for a start, so that's one position less. But if, like we were saying earlier, you hope McGinn stays, you hope Louise stays, Mings, if any of those three do bring in a, know, a 60 million bid for Man City or something stupid, then, yeah, they'll need replacement as well. Anyway, we can worry about that. We can worry about that another day. How did you... Um, how did you experience today's game, Dan? Did you have the three screens on in the end or not? Well, we had uh, Villa on, on TV, obviously. I had my works laptop with me with TweetDeck, so automatic tweets just keep coming in from all the clubs that I follow and BBC Sport, Premier League, whatever. And we also had with Arsenal on. When that went 3-0, we were like, oh, that's done now. <laughs> Put Bournemouth on, so it was kind of one eye on uh, Bournemouth, one eye on Villa and one eye on, on my, my laptop as well, keeping up with what, with what Twitter was saying, which... A weird experience. I feel like I've got a headache from being kind of so stressed out and watching so many things at once. But it's draining, isn't it? It's exhausting, this relegation scrap thing. I um, I cut off communications with most people during yeah, the game. I, was, I noticed no, I no text from you this week. I didn't want to kind of jinx it. I didn't want to get embroiled in any kind of um, you know, premature celebrations. Um, I did a couple of tweets that I deleted. <laughs> <laughs> when Watford first conceded I tweet I quote tweeted it with like an always emoji or whatever it was and I was like, Oh it's only one nil, things could still change and then yeah. I did a tweet at half time saying if we have if we can learn one thing from the madness of the championship on Wednesday, it's that Nottingham Forest were sixth on Boxing Day. 
up until the 92nd minute on Wednesday. They were, six, they were in the top six the whole time and dropped out. So things can, can change massively in football. So I didn't want to be too cocky and, and arrogant and get anything out there. I said I'd lined up a tweet um, pre, pre-game. Um, <laughs> shall, I, shall I play the video that I've queued up? Go on then. My, my fancy system. I, so I'd, there's this clip back in December. I don't really know why we were so rude, really, because Jack Grealish knew all along we'd be fine. And keep Villa up. I mean, that's Villa up. That will happen. It's unthinkable Villa going down for you. Yeah, no, that won't happen. Uh, I love that little pause at the end. Just a little <laughs> smug smile on his face. Jack, Jack knew in December would be fine. I don't know what we, what we were worried about. Yeah, he knew, he knew that in the last seven or eight minutes of the season, he was going <laughs> to score a goal at, at one end to send, to send us all into, uh, exactly. into raptures. And then 35 seconds later, he was going to deflect one over a flailing Pepe Reina. But it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't he matter. He knew. I don't know what we were worried about. He knew. It's mad, isn't it? It is mad. Uh, it doesn't feel quite real yet. How did um, how did your experience of the game go in terms of watching it? Did it feel like it dragged on? Did it go quickly? Because I saw a lot of people saying, oh, this is so much worse than the, the playoff final last year in terms of nerves. How, how did you feel about that? Yeah, I think it's different to the playoff final because there's a playoff yeah. final. You can actually, you're there, you can chant, you can rant, you can you can do all that. Whereas, I don't know, I think I think my, my wife and my, si- and my sister, my wife and my daughter were watching the, um, the Durrell. Is it the Durrells? Or something like that. Some some rubbishy um, rubbishy program in the other room. So every time I screamed too loud, they kind of came in and told me to shut up. So uh, just me and my son just kind of silencing each other, just so we didn't jinx it. Basically, and, uh, yeah. I'm trying to shed a little bit of my puppy fat at the moment and, and lose some of the weight I've put on in, in lockdown. So I was just having to eat kind of low fat popcorn rather than reaching for um, chocolate oh. or crisps. So. Boring. But we got through it. We got through it. <laughs> well, my dad celebrated quite um, big, uh, yeah, quite quite a big celebration when Jack scored. And he was like, "Oh, that's it. We've done it now." And I was like, "Steady on, like, <laughs> whoa, dad." There's still Who's seven the minutes. Up here? There's still seven minutes left yet. Anything can happen. And then literally in sixty seconds, we're back to one on one. It's like, oh, okay, here we go. Um, obviously, we knew the whole the whole way through, didn't we? A point would be enough, regardless of Bournemouth. But it's such a horrible position to be in. You know, when you when you just say that before the game, oh, a point's enough, that's fine. But when you're nil-nil for 80 minutes or whatever and know that a, a horrible decision or a, a fluky West Ham goal literally sends you down there and then, it's a, it's a really nasty position to be in. So it is just, it is relief. Yeah, I think uh, it seemed to me, perhaps I'm, I've got my kind of Villa spectacles and Villa headphones on, but it seemed to me like the commentators wanted us to do it today. Because Glenn of... Hoddle didn't really annoy me. Um <sighs> <laughs> maybe it's just me but it seemed like him and Darren Fletcher were kind of I don't know rooting for us a little bit now, so I kind of Sky, felt that... go, on. go on sorry I was going to say Sky put the graphics you know this is how many times Villa has thrown away leads this is how many times Villa has conceded maybe it's just the BT graphics department is not as not as quick on it but I felt like, like BT weren't kind of paving the way for a drastic disappointment quite the way that Sky tended see I kind of felt like that. I think mainly on Sky or anywhere really, a lot of the pundits have kind of just, I just know, just still drinking that beer can out of the mug. Sorry, commitment. Um, I kind of always just gone, they've always, it's almost like they've disregarded that Villa were even in the relegation battle. It's almost like, oh, well, Watford have done this for Bournemouth, that means this. And it's like, well, hang on, Villa are still well in this up until the yeah. final day. It's like everyone almost assumed that Villa would be okay for some reason because West Ham had nothing to play for. And 
don't know, it was weird. It was almost like, yeah, I agree that there wasn't much talk about, oh, Villa have done this, Villa have done that. Almost yeah. like they knew we'd be fine for some reason. It, um, it was a strange stance for them to take, Billy. What was it? We've been in the relegation zone until since February, until yeah, yeah. Tuesday night. Yeah. So we've been favourites. One of the well, yeah, one of the the favourites to go down for months. And when, when lockdown um, lifted, I guess, and football came back, and you're still not, you know, playing better, conceding less goals, ultimately not, you know, still not picking up any points. We're all gearing up for well, you know, kind of. Setting yourself up for disappointment, right? We're all kind of going, oh, well, this is probably going to be the year we go down to get ready for it. So when it does happen, you're less disappointed. So because I kind of got into that mindset of accepting relegation, now that we're going to be in the Premier League again next year, it's like I can't quite get my head around it because I was getting ready for, oh, well, I guess we'll just have to try and push for top six next year and we're going to lose these players and we're going to have to play with Coventry and Birmingham. And now yeah, well, I'm like- <laughs> To me, <laughs> I think that, listen, we could still be in another relegation battle next season and chances yeah. are we, we might be. But for me, because I'm a kind of old cynic and because <clears> I've kind of got a few miles on the clock of, of Villa kind of leading us on and, and letting us down, relegation to me didn't mean or wouldn't have meant another one season in the Championship. I think yeah. it would have meant another three or four or five or six or seven or eight. So it's such such a massive relief. Seven points adrift. Yeah. You know, we're not talking seven points adrift back in the the cold winters, the winter months like November, December. We're talking seven seven points adrift. You know, well, a week ago. That's the that's the stats there. Thirty three to uh, one to thirty three after the United game to go down. It's remarkable. I mean, if there's any any Villa fans who kind of put a fiver on that, then oh, well, I mad. wish I had. I wish mad. I had. Fair play to you in terms of loyalty and faith. You know, kind of. I just thought we were, I thought we we're doomed. I thought we we're doomed after Wolves and I thought we we're doomed after United. Um, I was going to put you on the spot, Dan, by asking you if you had to pick your five players since lockdown, so since football returned, that, that have kind of got Villa over the line. Wow. You name your five. I'll, um, add, if I've got a pen, have I got a pen? I was going to write my five down on a piece of paper. Hang on. Fill for right, a second. I've got to say mine and I've got a Let's see for the same. Thing. See if the same. Go on, just fill a minute because okay. I need to write. Um, I'm going to, okay, well, what I'm going to do, I'm going to get the squad. I'm out loud. I'm going to get the squad list up so I can just refresh my memory and I don't forget anyone. So let's get it on screen as well. So what we're saying, Pepper Rain has played. Um, yeah, okay. So five, five players that have kept Villa in the league, essentially, is what you're saying since lockdown. Yeah, I'm losing my gun. Take question. I'm about to miss somebody out. Do you want me to wait to say we, until you've yeah, got I'm just thinking, of, thinking of, no, of, of number five. Oh, let's, let's get some it. comments in then as well. That can help me out. I can uh, steal some people's opinions from my own if I forget anything. Let's have your five players of who have improved Villa since lockdown. Five players, yeah? Yeah, the five players who have rescued Villa since lockdown. I've, I've, I've rattled my five out on a piece of paper. I probably <laughs> missed somebody glaring. Yeah, um, that's why I got the squad list up, so I don't forget. All right, see so I'll say mine first. I'm going to just right, rattle okay. them off with, without reasons, first of all. Okay, if, if you match them, I'll put a big tick next to one mine. Go. Okay, so first of all, Douglas Louise, the easy answer. Go on. Um, Esri Concer. Go on. Trezeguet. Go on. Uh, who else have we got? Bear with me, everybody. 
Connor Howrahan. Go on. And if I've not already said him, Pepe Reina. Ooh, I've gone. I've probably been a bit kind to the last man because he hasn't been the player who that we know he can be. Hang on, can you see that? Yeah, oh, Grealish. Yeah, I was. I was torn I on Grealish. The last couple of games, really, and it's probably because I'm probably being massively sentimental because I fear that I might never see him play for Villa again. So <laughs> uh, I think that to me if I leave him out. Um, I, I think that I was. I think Jack's done fine. You know, an average six out of ten, seven out of ten performance in most games, but because of my expectations of him were so high, I was expecting him to contribute three or four goals maybe in this 10-game run. And the fact that he's only scored one and that was today, I guess it was an important one, obviously, but I expected him to really carry us over the line and be the talisman. Yeah. And I'm yes, probably he's, he's gone better. He's got better over time, but I'd, he would be my sixth choice probably. <laughs> so I, was, I was struggling when I got to Pepe Reina, to be honest. So he'd, he'd yeah, is there anybody glaring? That we've, so we've got the four. Who I think we agreed on Hurahan, so, Louise, Trezeguet and Conser. We've got Panzer, um, Louise, Trez, Rayner, and Gilbert. Ian says, but Gilbert's only played a couple. Been good, but only played a couple. Um, Dougie, Concer, Mings, Elmo, and Trez. Elmo had an impact that we we probably um, you know he scored the goal at Newcastle, didn't he? To to get the point, uh, his deliveries have been good. Uh, his defending's been decent. So yeah, perhaps perhaps Grealish, perhaps that's just me being hyper sentimental. There's a couple of there's a couple of Jack Grealishes in there. There's a couple. I think if you're going through those and kind of discussing who, what, you know, why the reasons why, I think Douglas Louise has looked an incredible player to compare to what we thought he was before. There's, we've mentioned this many, many times, but you're, there was either a camp of he's a very good player or he, he's okay, he's not, he's not that good before lockdown. This is and now since then, everyone, you know, I'd say there's a good ninety-five percent, and now going, yeah, he's a, clearly a very good player. And for twenty million, was it fifteen million or something we got him for? With a buyback clause with City, that's a, a, a good deal. That if he goes back for whatever, then will have will have made a profit. He's looked a good player. Um, he was been that kind of talisman in the midfield that we look for. We thought you know McGinn coming back. That uh, not many people have mentioned McGinn there. I think we we all would have said if Villa are going to survive, McGinn will come back from injury, storm us to uh, to safety, and he'll be the guy. But Douglas Louise turned out to be that guy instead. Um, who else was in there? Conter. Played a lot of out position at right back, but looked looked decent. Moved back into centre back and also looked good. Um, who was the others? I've said Rayner just because it's nice. A bit of stability in goal. We've kept clean sheet against Palace and Arsenal. Nothing spectacular really, but you know, solid solid enough. And I've said when I was doing these little edits over the last couple of days, I looked back through some old episodes, and there was an episode where I said oh, I'd never want Pepe Rayner to play for us again. After the Leicester incident, I think it was just yeah. after that game. I was like, oh, he shouldn't, he shouldn't play for us again after that mistake. That's ridiculous. But he's come back he again after today, to be honest. But um... and he's contributed to Villa staying in the Premier League. Trezeguet again, a player that I've personally said isn't isn't great. We've both said on here, you know, kind of a fifty fifty winger. Sometimes good, sometimes awful. But again, scored important goals in the last in the last four games. So you've got have you, um, now, haven't you? Have you heard the theory about Trezeguet? People saying that. He'd be better off as a number ten and playing, playing closer to the centre forward and, and, and dipping in there. Mm. It doesn't, it doesn't massively excite me as Jack Grealish's potential replacement. No, no, I way. must admit. Um, I think he's but, a decent enough squad player to have around there for half an hour here and there. But I'd be looking at 
signing a new front three, to be honest. What about, um, we've put him on this list, and fair play to him, because I'd probably batter him, well, not batter him, but don't don't bestow enough love on him more than anybody else. Connor Harahan. I think he's made a difference, you know. I think he's been, you know, he, not just his set pieces that, that he's created several assists from, but I feel I feel he's looked livelier and more competitive. But yeah, is he is he a Premier League midfielder? Again, much like the Trezeguet scenario, I think he's good to have around the squad. I think he's a good good kind of character and a good personality to have in there. He's clearly a winner. He's come up the hard way, hasn't he? He's played in every division, I think, or scored in every division. Oh yeah, played in every division. Um, I'd, I'd definitely have him around the squad, but I think he, he plays well in the current system of having McGinn uh, and Louise alongside him and Jack and Target is down that, that left-hand side of the pitch. I think if you're missing Jack Grealish next season and possibly one or even both of the other two midfielders, I don't think Harahan is good enough to start in the Premier League every single week. The odd game here and there, fine, against certain opposition, but I think he's more so a squad player and you, again, you'd be looking at somebody a little bit more robust maybe but then you lose his kind of creative abilities don't you? And his set pieces so he's a difficult one. Oh, hang on a minute who's this alright <laughs> where have you come from hello just uh, just did another broadcast here live uh, my highly paying friends oh we don't hear about that see you later mate <laughs> 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 I'm that's brilliant how are we well, good, thank you. Just race back. Uh, I was definitely driving the speed limit for anyone watching. Um, to get <laughs> to get here, I'm absolutely buzzing. Uh, you know, wow, what a day! Can you believe it's good, it? Good thing that um, Premier League football offers James Rushton enough opportunities to be on so many different podcasts. <laughs> I'd hate to see, see that your work dried up because we're doing relegation. Nice to have, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, my stepmom said that to me when I was watching the game. She goes, "Ah." Oh, it doesn't really matter if Villa get relegated. I was thinking, hang on, you know, it's, what, did I need any more Villa reporters every, everywhere? Did I, <laughs> did I need to get my face? I won't be able to get my face out as much if we get relegated. No one cares. I'm liking the top, by the way. I'm liking the um, the Hummel. Oh, yeah. What we're talking, 97, 98, something like that? 87, 98. 87, yeah. 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 Sorry, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Come on, Matt. What's in that mug, Matt? Is it gin? <laughs> 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 Heads are fully gone at this stage. I sent this link to Ash as well, who's in the stadium, probably chatting to Dean Smith at this point. Uh, probably having a beer with Dino. You could have got Dean on. <laughs> oh, mate, I'd love to, but probably never going to happen. Um, so Ash might pop up at some point. He has got the link. But yeah, James, can you believe it? After Man United, we were 1-33 to to be relegated uh, with the bookies. And here we are, looking forward to Leeds, Albion next season. Man I know United, you've probably, you've probably spoke about it, right? But that, that last goal that West Ham scored, like... I thought that was it. Like, that, that's just proper Villa, isn't it? That's peak Villa to yeah. get like relegated by a goal that they couldn't even, they could not do anything of it. It was just like, <laughs> kind of like the, the Lord above just looked down and went, nah, not, not, not today, lads. Not Sorry. today. <laughs> it was um, actually, James, before you joined us, we were having a quick conversation about the five players we think have made a difference. Oh, the yes. difference since lockdown. Dan got four of my five. The fifth one was a bit flaky from both of us. Um, what would your five be? Let me know and I'll show you my piece of paper to see whether it tallies. <laughs> is this going to turn into an anagram or anything? And gets, gets no, there's not going to be any rude anagrams in there. It's just uh, oh. see if we're on the same page. So I'm going to kind of go with the weirdest one first. I'm going to say Pepe Reina. Yes, mate. That was my fifth choice. He just about snuck in there. 
Um, then I'm going to go Trezor Guy. Yeah. Douglas Louise. Cool. Yeah. Ah. Eshi Konza. Yeah. And Freddie Gilbert. Ooh. Gonna be, gonna be left field with his right field choice. Towards yeah, the there's a couple of uh, couple of comments saying Gilbert actually he didn't make mine just because yes he's been good since he's played but he's only played a couple so I'm trying to see Matt's Harahan no Harahan's a really good one and I feel, yeah, I'm re- I've both. done him a disservice there I'm really sorry we both said uh, Harahan for the I didn't say Grealish time. as well did I bloody hell yeah that, we're a bit that's a good that's we a good sign though isn't Grealish. it we weren't sure about Grealish because uh, I think he's really kind of stepped up against Arsenal and, and obviously this afternoon he scored his goal but you're right it is a good sign if Villa if we could pick different you know between us we've probably named about six or seven names there which is more in keeping with the team game than if we'd have put Jack Grealish five times on that list like we would have done back in January I, I think so. if this was pre-lockdown or, or post-lockdown sorry but pre-football coming back and we were saying right here, we need five players to step up here for Villa to stay up who are those five going to be you'd have said Jack Grealish John McGinn Tyro Mings as a three straight off the bat and the fact that neither they've all contributed to, to Villa staying up obviously but the fact that between the three of us and between a lot of the comments that came through most of those names weren't even on the list shows that we have been able to find a kind of second gear of players contributing that we didn't realise would happen. Douglas Louise probably wouldn't have been on many people's list before. Trezeguet certainly wouldn't be on anyone's list, I don't think. So it's nice to have other people contributing for a change. What a what, what? a nice sign that a squad game has. A, you know, you can rely on the squad. I know, yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's been like it for so it's long. That we're used to two or three players doing all the work for us. So. Yeah, well, we might have to test that theory when the transfer market gets properly up and running. So let's be, uh, be grateful <laughs> we've got players who have stepped up. Right, another one. What is this? Is this the quiz? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just checking. Another one. Three turning points during the season. Wow. Well, during three the whole big, season? Yeah, the three biggest moments. Was it, did you, we play games got, before lockdown? I can't remember. We've got to know down to lockdown. So. My memory doesn't go back that far. All right, during lockdown then, the three biggest moments. Oh, now it's too short. <laughs> <laughs> Straight away, you've got to have the elephant in the room. The VAR decision with Sheffield United. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen the banter accounts, you know, the betting accounts, so go, going all in on it. Yeah, I don't care. You know, Honestly, I, nah, I don't care. You know, you weren't you weren't there. You weren't real ones. You weren't riding with us against when it happened against <laughs> Crystal Palace. You didn't see. You weren't there with the handball against Arsenal. You weren't there when Mings got done for the uh, the handball against Leicester. Yeah, you know, swings and roundabouts, isn't it? I've, we've already said it before you came on. You get you sometimes you get your look, sometimes you don't. It's one of those, isn't it? I yes, feel it worse about decision. it. It's terrible. If that but... was against Bournemouth. It wasn't. We gave Bournemouth six points. <laughs> yeah. We are Bournemouth season. No offense to him, entirely built on our mistakes. So yeah. you know that's their fault. Sorry. Um, two other turning points since lockdown. I think Trezeguet finding his shooting boots. So Pepe post. Pepe post. Oh yeah, of yeah. course. And what for attacking uh, Pearson? <laughs> I don't know, boy. Yeah. You must have battered someone. I, I, I led. You must have done something in the air. <laughs> this is live. <laughs> yeah, we don't get to cut these nonsense pieces out. Um, someone says VAR Arsenal Crystal Palace. Which is more specific. VAR <laughs> Arsenal. I suppose Crystal Palace. Oh, Palace yeah, the the season, with right. with Sacco was a big moment as well, wasn't it? Because that would have completely knocked the stuffing out of us if Palace had been given that goal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was Palace a big one. Goal, that's right. Arsenal oh, hitting the post. Yeah, those are yeah. the three since. Yeah, they're the ones, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, 
we got some guy saying Jack really should come to Tottenham and I'm like, give us at least two hours right before you stop. <laughs> yeah, can, we, can we stop the typical Birmingham male trying to sell Jack Grealish again, please? Can we yeah, we've got this geezer in the comments trying to like auction him off. <laughs> yeah, let's get him back to... He's in London at the moment. Let's get him back to Birmingham first. <laughs> um, yeah, I think... We're, I mean, I know you've joined late, James, but we've gone for 40 minutes already. I don't know how much more we can go into. That's all right. Been, a lot of people are starting to ask, like, who should we buy and who do you think will go? And we, we've said we're going to do a proper kind of sit-down podcast for an hour or two. It, you know, it might be two parts, whatever, and, and go through the season as a whole and look ahead. That's It's not the time for that at the moment. It oh, needs a yeah. bit more research, a bit more planning to say this is what's happened and these are, you know, these are the positions we need to look at. Everything's just a blur at the moment. I've, I, for one, can't quite believe that we've done it still. I don't think I'll, I'll get used to the fact that we're still going to be enjoying the Premier League next season or enjoying. I don't know whether I've enjoyed today or not, but we're still here. Um, do, you know how much of, um, do you know how much of a blur it is? Just after the final whistle, I went and moaned at one of our lads, one of the <laughs> one of the colleagues, and I said, change the score. You've put put West Ham 1, Villa 1. And he was like, it was. I thought, I thought it was nil-nil. <laughs> <laughs> My head scrambled. He's like, what are you going on about? I said, just leave me. Just As you were, just leave me. So, crazy. Crazy week, crazy day. Crazy um, season. Crazy season. Crazy season. There's no other way to, to analyse it, is there, at this stage? Shall we finish up soon about what's been, what's the best thing, what's been your best moment, each of you? We'll do that. We'll answer that of the season. And then the next question, what's the best thing about being in the Premier League? So, what was the first one, the best part about this season? The highlight of the season. I think you might have to go first, James. Well, I think, well, like, so, a, like a game or a goal or something. A maybe. moment, a goal, a quote, a headbutt. Um, oh, we'll, yeah. Uh, maybe I don't know the Al Ghazi goal against Everton in the before years, but that doesn't really matter now, does it? Like, like at that, that stage of the season, because I've never heard Villa, like, genuinely never heard Villa Park so loud. It was so loud in that yeah, second goal. Like my ears, the sound was tearing out my ears in the in the top of the heart, and it was distorting. That was good, um, but I will say, uh, was it Conza or Mings's goal against Watford? Because that's when you knew the f- oh, the fight yeah. is actually there. And yeah, yeah. that was the one. Yeah, you've stolen my answer. I was going to share it. I was going to be cheeky and say the week of that Watford game because we had the Leicester semi final in the same week. Ooh. The Leicester okay. semi final late minute winner with Trezeguet and then the Watford last minute Premier League winner. So just, and it was. I've, I've already tweeted it. Uh, I mean, probably shouldn't say things like this, but I really hope <laughs> Troy Deeney is out there crying this evening. <laughs> I just don't like Troy Deeney. I've never, never been a fan. I know he scores goals and he, he's part of his job is to roll up Villa fans as the Blue Nose, but knowing that <laughs> he would have been upset that night as well and that hopefully he's somewhere in East London. Weeping tears now and going to play in the championship kind of gives me a bit of amusement. So, here's one for you: Would you sign Troy Deeney? No, Did, Matt. We got to be looking nah. at better strikers than being funny. There's levels to this game. I'm just putting it out there, mischief, mate. The fact is, he's probably scored more goals at Villa Park than our centre forwards in the last <laughs> the last few okay. years, mate. That's the, uh... I'd have had Deeney this season, but next season I feel like. Maybe you got to step Come it up, on, haven't you? Come on, nah, you can't be signing someone like Troy Deeney for Villa. Well, he's got to be professional, man. You might not like it. You got to score goals for us. Okay, someone like Danny Ings or Callum Wilson, like someone just said. 
you know, a yeah, goal I'd scorer. I'd Wilson and Ings over Troy Deeney any day, to be honest. Someone um, in that bottom kind of couplet of, of, of teams in that bottom six or so, that's the goal score you want to nick Troy Deeney over the shirt. Nah, mate. Yeah. My highlight of the season will be when, was this afternoon when Jack Greeley stuck that goal in. Um, <laughs> put us 1-0 up. I switched off after that anyway, so I presume we won 1-0. Uh, <laughs> um, so... The, the, what, the, what, I think James has nailed the one, the Watford one, because there's so much time wasted in it. It was such a oh, yeah, horrible kind of cynical performance from them to go and win that last minute. All, was that all being from them? Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. We, we had Pearson in both games against Watford. Yeah. We had to play Watford when they were good. It was the first game, wasn't it, I think, against us? At their place. One yeah. of our worst games, um, but that, that's a turnaround. So the best thing about being in the Premier League yeah, it's actually been able to like use your resources. Like you don't have to actually no scrap that. The best thing about being in the Premier League is you don't have to develop that side hobby as being like an accountant and working out where the money's going or where what you're spending just in case FFP give you a slap around the mouth. You're like you do need to work out points and permutations and goal difference and goal scored instead. Yeah, so but you know, well. like understanding the kind of profit and sustainability rules and how it applies and what's valid and what's not and book values. No thanks. Championship, you can keep that. It's a very um, company's house, mathematic <laughs> business school answer there, James. What was yours, Dan? Uh, what, the best moment of being in the Premier League for next season? No, the best, yeah, the best thing about being in the Premier League. Um, part of that, I don't know whether we've had this um, debate before or not, and this isn't my answer. I'm still not quite sure whether the officials are better in the Premier League or not yet, because they've been rubbish this year as well. So I've always thought, oh, being in the Premier League gets you better officials and less worse decisions, but then you've got VAR as well. So I think not being in the Championship is good for that sense, because I think the officials are slightly better. Um, but my proper answer would be just not being involved in the tin pottery of the Championship. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that's the thing about the Championship, right? That's the thing. is like you could have three games where you you know you look good and then just one of the results midweek when you're not rotate you can't rotate yet you know you haven't got the the key players fit enough to rotate you're just going to get hammered up like Wigan or something and you, there's nothing there's nothing you can do about it it's just part, it is, part like, of the, the season the championship is this exciting league and there's the drama and the playoffs are exciting and what all is, the rest what of is it. this strange land to which you are <laughs> introducing what is a Huddersfield man Reddit, Stoke, QPR. Oh, I don't want to be playing these teams, man. I'd, uh, yes, Villa might be relegated. Villa might have a terrible season in the Premier League, but I'd rather be playing against the best players in the in the, in the world, the best teams in the world. Mm. I don't want to be playing typical Villa QPR fans. Still lose the Granger. I'll tell you what, do you want to know my best thing? You're, you're just so, so Villa big time. You know, my, my best things about being the Premier League are. <laughs> Here we go. Got That's more chance of being champions of England and champions of, being, of Europe if you're in the Premier League than you have if you're in the Championship. So bring it on. Well, you won't so be saying that in 2027 if we go back to the Championship, win the FA Cup, then win the Europa League and win the Champions League whilst being in the Championship. There, consider that. Well, let's come back to this in 2027. <laughs> <laughs> and let's see who's right. You know, you want to be in the best league, don't you? But to, yeah. to not, you know, the champ. Yeah, while I'm slagging off the championship, yeah, it is it is good fun, but it's a nice treat, isn't it? The championship to watch, so it's okay for one season if you get straight back up. But you don't want to be stuck down there for too long, do you? You look at Leeds, you don't want to be down there for twenty odd years. You want to be in the Premier League for as long as you can, playing the best sides, playing against the best players, proving the why you're supposed to be in the top top league of England. We're one of the founding members of the football league. We should be right up there in the oh, top. Not, half. not that again. 
Should we top <laughs> off? Should we look into getting to Europe in the next few years? Not looking back over our shoulder and trips away to Luton Town. Come off it. I don't. Um, I don't want to get involved in the kind of my dad's bigger than your dad kind of argument about what 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 constitutes a big club. But by any metric, Aston Villa are one of the biggest twenty clubs in England. So yeah, yeah easy. Now's a chance to kind of prove it and to, to prove that, you know, there's better clubs at the moment. There's better teams, there's better squads, there's better better run football clubs than, than Villa. But Villa in the, are at the top table again. They've got a platform to prove it and kick on that we didn't think they were going to have as recently as seven, ten days ago. So <laughs> let's just see. You know, Villa have kind of delivered us a massive bundle of joy last summer. They've delivered us a massive bundle of relief this summer, I'm a cynical old man, so I'm sure there's still a kick in the nuts somewhere to come from Aston Villa. Um, but let's rejoice in having six weeks without having to see him. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Before let's we know, enjoy our weekends we'll be, again. We'll back to losing yeah. football games in the Premier League and having a tough season. That's probably the way it will go unless recruitment is very good. So let's just enjoy it while we can. Absolutely. Enjoy we the done? moment. I think so. Yeah, there's still comments coming through now saying things like, oh, lucky point against Sheffield United. Uh, I don't Man, care, it, Nick. I don't care, no mate. Look. I don't no care. No luck, Nick. Have a night, night off, pal. Really I sorry. Care. <laughs> I don't Nick care. must have some other interesting life. Even if it's just, if he wants to leave football aside today because Villa staying up has upset him. You know, <laughs> go on a woodwork website or something like that or kind of picking grapes in southern Italy. Just have some other interest in your life rather than hating Villa. You're better than that, Nick. Sort yourself out. <laughs> We're uh, done. I'm just going to you do with the adrenaline and excitement. So I think before we say something stupid live on Facebook, maybe it's best if we uh, go enjoy the night in, in private. Not together. Steady on. So in terms of podcast, we'll be back with a kind of season debrief. I think we'll probably be trying to record it as soon as possible this week. Um, before transfer window hots up and we're talking about players coming and going. So we'll uh, sit down and record for an hour or two one day and, and get it all out. So if you've got any questions for us, then follow uh, them our way. Not now, but in the future. And we'll uh, we'll see if we can cover everything. <clears throat> and then, yeah, we'll be back with other bits and pieces. We've got a new kit to look forward to at some point. Uh, signings to come in, players to leave. And we'll be here to cover every step of the way as we... Are in the Premier League for the 2020-21 season. Who would have thought it? Can you put a Premier League patch on our branding? <laughs> no one. <laughs> yeah. Just skip it on you the know how you win the logo. Premier League and you have champ- the gold champions? It should be like, we stayed up by a point. A <laughs> <laughs> um, gold-plated no. safe. That's going to be taken very seriously by a few people. Yeah. You'll be, <laughs> yeah. Quote, you'll be quoted okay. on some uh, website, James, as a Aston Villa journalist. Says, yeah. Uh, it's happened a few times when I've yeah. been like just ran, like rambling. So, the source. should we call it a day then? Yep. Yeah. Call well done, boys. Call it a season. 26th of July, the day that Aston Villa stayed up in the Premier League against all the odds. Forget the home top buzz, though. Let's see if we can <laughs> stay up. You know, let's see, up, see if next season we can stay up before the 26th of July. It's going to be an aim, Carney. All got a dream. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, up the villa.